All right, let's look at God's word together. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. Now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God, which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, that in a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality, or your translation may say generosity. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the promised Holy Spirit that indwells your children, and we ask now that the Holy Spirit would teach us truth. God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would take that truth, change our hearts, change our minds, and change our lives. And Father, I trust that the clarity of the spoken word today would not only honor and glorify you, but would encourage and convict those that are here today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to start with a few questions, make sure we all kind of have a a foundational understanding, specifically in regards to giving, but not to single out giving. You can answer out loud. I'll correct you if you're wrong. Why are you here today? To worship God. Fellowship with the saints. Okay, we're going down a good scriptural list here. Someone else. I hear obedience, yes, obedience, okay, inspiration to be encouraged, okay, love for others, good one, yeah, surrender, yeah, you had to surrender maybe that only morning you got to sleep in during the week to get up and get here. And if getting someplace by 10 o'clock in the morning is getting up early for you, I want your job. <laughs> just, just saying. There was another answer I couldn't tell what it was over here. To, to bring God glory, yes. Okay. So it appears as though we have a good idea of why we gather together as the church. Now let me ask you a little more pointed question. Why did you sing songs this morning? Pray, okay, I heard praise from three or four different. Why did you sing songs to praise God? Okay, for what he's done for us. We love him. He deserves it. He deserves it whether you feel like it or not. Okay. There's still one more answer I'm looking for. Brings joy. Yeah, all those are good answers, and they're right answers. The Bible tells us to. Now, you're laughing as if I need to start referencing some of those verses. Okay? So, the Bible tells us to gather, to fellowship, to be encouraged in obedience to God. We sing God's praise because he's worthy of it in obedience to his word. Are you tracking with me? I want to make sure we stay all in the same direction here. Now, 
One more question, and this gets really personal. Did you hold back in your singing some? Did you hold back in your singing? Why not? Why, yeah, yeah, no, that's what... Why, did anyone here just decide, you know, I know I'm supposed to be here and sing today, but I don't want to sing too loud, and I certainly don't want to sing every song. I mean, did anybody come in with that idea in mind? No, you want to. I was saying people may not want to. But no, I agree with you. I want to sing every song. Okay? For the same reason, you didn't come in here deciding, I'm not going to sing all the songs or I'm going to hold back a little bit. It's the same application to giving. It's obedience to God's word. And too many times, too many of us want to distinguish what God's word directs us to do by saying, yeah, I know God's word says that, but I'm going to hold back. How silly would that be when we gather with others to sing songs of praise to God? I'm not going to sing this one. Man, the words are really good, but I'm just not going to sing. I'm not going to participate. And yet we do that with giving. We decide that it's a part of life, the Christian life, directed by God's word, that it's okay for me to hold back a little bit. Folks, let me tell you, the Christian life is all in. (laughs) It's not a cafeteria plan. You can't choose parts of it that you really like, and therefore I'll do that, and parts that you don't like, and you know what, I'll just hold back. Now, hopefully some of you are feeling uncomfortable by now. And the reason I say that is because we've stuck to God's word. And if that's making you uncomfortable, God wants to deal with you over something. And I'm not going to pretend to know what it is. But we must understand that our joy and our generosity, just like it is when we let our voices go, and we clap and we express our praise, is to be the same in our giving. Didn't get an amen on that one. (laughs) Do you know that's what 2 Corinthians 8 verses 1 through 4 tells us? Remember, we're staying on track. We're staying with what the Bible's directing us to do. I don't want you to leave here saying, well, Pastor John said. No, I want you to see what God's Word says. And there's to be joy and generosity in our response to God, be it singing praise or giving. Amen. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Look at verses 7 and 8 of of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. But just as you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all earnestness, And in the love we inspired to you. See that you abound in this gracious work also. Not speaking this as a command, but as proving through the earnestness of others the sincerity of your love. The entire chapter is written about giving. One more trivia question. Which chapter in the Bible has the word grace in it more than any other chapter? It's actually not even close. Hint. 
2 Corinthians chapter 8. Some of you might have thought, well, certainly Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, certainly Romans. Romans has to have the chapter breakdown breakdown with the most words grace. No, it's actually in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Now, it's translated different words in your text than grace, and we're not going to take the time to go through it all, but please understand that as the background for what the Apostle Paul is writing to the early church. Grace. Um, Favor, privilege. There's other words that it's translated to in English. But it's the same Greek word as grace. And it's more times here than anywhere else. So, as we, look at the, as we look at the text together, I want us to understand this idea of the emphasis on giving being a result of God's grace and His generosity. Look at verse 9. We just read 7 and 8. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, so that you, through His poverty, might become rich. The text in these first four verses is basically using the Macedonians as an example through the Apostle Paul in his writing to the Corinthian church. And he's challenging them as well as encouraging them as Corinthians. Now, we've heard a couple of sermons recently. Last week, we looked at 1 Corinthians 15 and the resurrection. A few weeks ago, Scott preached from 1 Corinthians. And we know this is a church with issues, And it has lots of issues. But here, the Apostle Paul is encouraging them in regards to God's grace. And the two keys of this grace for them and for us is evident. And it's evident as God's grace being expressed in joy and generosity. Yes, Christ gave up all of his riches and glory to make God's grace known to us. But Hebrews chapter 12 says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And if I have to explain generosity in regards to grace, I would take you back to your own sinfulness. God's grace is to be both joyous and generous in the lives of his people. John Piper asked this question in his book, Future Grace. How did such countercultural and counter natural behavior come about? How were the Christians freed from the natural love of money and comfort? Where did this powerful, unearthly joy come from? So where, where, how did all this take place? Well, that's the insight we're going to gain from this text. It's God's power by His grace at work. It is not, write this down, you can say Pastor John said this, It is not a formula for you to build your personal wealth. It is not. In fact, the scripture clearly dispels that error. Look back at verses 3 and 4. The apostle Paul says, I testify that according to their ability. Now he's talking about the Macedonians, remember, as an example to the Corinthians. I testify according to, uh, I, excuse me, I testify that according to their ability, And beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. And this, not as we had expected. Here's what's crazy about that. Let me just paraphrase it for you. The Apostle Paul is saying, the Macedonians were basically saying, 
I want to give away more than I've already given already. The, the, the word says they were begging to be involved in the participation of the support of the saints. So they were saying to the Apostle Paul and some of the other apostles, let us give more. I'm not going to ask for personal confession, but how many times is that our view of giving? I I want to give more. See, that's the encouragement that the Apostle's sharing with them. And it's the exact opposite of the prosperity gospel because their giving was driven by God's grace not what they would get in return. Look at their godly attitude in regards to grace. The surrender here to God's grace has nothing to do with a dollar amount. It's the work of God's grace in a human, in a human heart. And that's the point of the text. As the Apostle Paul says, they first gave themselves to the Lord. They first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. And to further dispel that error, we wish to make known to you, the Apostle Paul writes in verse 1, we wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given in the churches of Macedonia. Catch this. In their great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy, and their deep poverty. They had no expectation, they had no expectation of giving so as to build their own bank account. In fact, they were poor, and because of even in their poverty, because they knew God's grace, they said, we want to give more. How else can we be involved? So I challenge you, brothers and sisters, to see that the blessing that came to them didn't lead to their joy. What they got in return didn't make them more generous. They didn't get anything in return as evidence from this scripture, Their joy was by the grace of God. And that joy allowed them to generously give to be a blessing to others. See, the encouragement to the Corinthians is this great lesson of grace. Because the Macedonian joy had nothing to do with money. Say, oh, Pastor John, but if I had more money, I'd be more joyful. Then your joy is not based on grace if you're putting that stipulation on it. See, they were talking about what the apostle was making known to the Corinthian church, that their joy was based on having surrendered themselves to the Lord, having given themselves to God. And as a result, their joy was based on God's grace. Folks, joy will never be based on circumstances. Emotions may be, But Jesus, just before he prayed and left this earth, prayed to the Father that we would get his joy. Now think of what Christ was facing. Okay, So joy then, as the Apostle Paul is using the Macedonians as an example here, is based on God's grace. And God's grace enabled the Macedonians to act and speak as God intends his children to act and speak, because their joy was in God. And again, look at what Paul was writing in verse 1 to the Corinthians. 
I want to make known to you the grace of God. You see that? We so often make a disconnect between the grace of God and how we're to live our lives. And just in case there were any of those here or there that didn't think God had a sense of humor, the Macedonians, and I quote, begged with much urging for the favor of participation of the saints. That's funny. Because Scott's had decades of ministry experience. I've had decades of ministry experience. I've never had someone beg me to give more. That's what makes it so funny. And folks, let me tell you something about humor. If it doesn't contain an element of truth, then it's not funny. The humor here is the element of truth that by nature, we're not joyous and generous until we know the grace of God. That's the point that Paul is making, making known the grace of God. And so I trust that this morning we will not only be, have a heart and an attitude that's willing to give, but in their giving they were generous. Understand, joy is only based on the grace of God and what he's done for us in Jesus Christ. But generosity was also a result of knowing this grace of God. Verse 2, their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality or generosity. They were generous. In the ESV, it says their extreme poverty overflowed in a wealth of generosity. Their poverty did not hinder their generosity. You've got to get out of your mind that God is somehow keeping some eternal ledger of credits and debits because giving is not seen that way in Scripture. Giving, generosity, is based on the grace of God, just as joy is based on on the grace of God. Some of you look like I am beating you with a whip. (laughs) Folks, our joy and our generosity not only has nothing to do with circumstances, our generosity has nothing to do with the amount that's in our bank. These people were, and literally it says, extremely poor. Let me tell you why first century Christians were poor. Because if they came from a Jewish background, they were usually ostracized, kicked out of the family business. The family had nothing to do with them anymore. And we saw the example in the book of Acts when the silversmiths got upset because Paul was traveling and preaching against idols. And what did the silversmiths say? They're ruining our business. We can't make any more idols. So whether you are from a Hebrew background or a Gentile background, It would not be unusual for these earliest believers to be some of the poorest people in society. And yet, even in their poverty, they were begging to give. But their generosity was not hindered by their poverty, just as their circumstances did not rob them of their joy. Generosity has nothing 
Generosity has nothing to do scripturally with quantity. It's an attitude of the heart based on the grace of God. Jesus Christ made this clear in Luke chapter 21. You're probably familiar with the account, but listen as I read it. And he, Jesus, looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw a poor widow putting in two small copper coins. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all of them. For they all out of their surplus put into the offering. But she out of her poverty put in all that she had to live on. There is no amount mentioned there other than the comparison of two coins to whatever all the rich people were putting in. But what's the obvious lesson that Jesus is teaching? Has nothing to do with amount. I mean, you don't have to be a mathematician to figure out two coins wouldn't be anywhere near what all those other piles of gifts put in the treasury. Jesus said she gave out of all that she had. That's generosity. And that's what the Apostle Paul is encouraging the Corinthian church with, this idea of being generous even in your poverty. Amount is never the issue in response to God for anything. Just like we were talking about singing songs of praise earlier. Well, God, I've only got a voice for 15 minutes. So I'll just sing the first three songs. And then I'll clock out the rest of the time. Let me tell you, I know people who personally, personally have gone through the, the, the polyps on the vocal cords. And the testimony of this one man that I heard, he says, even when, there's, when we're singing songs now, I stand up and mouth it and voice it. There was something with the physical, what they ended up doing. He still has a speaking voice, but there's something different in the singing, and it just doesn't come out. And so he stands there and just mouths the words. Why? Because he's not going to miss any opportunity to praise God. Why do we do that with our giving? These are matters of grace. These are matters of the heart. And a life saved by grace lives graciously. A life changed by God lives godly. The Macedonians had an abundance of joy in the midst of a great affliction. I know many of you in this room deal with different physical aches and pains. And I understand Because when the pain gets bad enough, it's hard to even focus on something else, isn't it? It's hard to even get your attention all the The Macedonians had a great affliction. But even in the midst of that great affliction, they still knew the joy of God's grace. That's what the Apostle Paul is encouraging the Corinthian church with. And even in the midst of their poverty, they were generous. Let me ask you one more question. What do you possess that's of more value than God's grace? If anyone knew affliction and sufficiency of grace, it was the Apostle Paul, wasn't it? I mean, mean, even we have a little insight into his spiritual life where he prayed multiple times, God, remove this affliction from me. And what was God's answer? My grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. Folks, let me tell you, grace was the answer every time Paul prayed about that affliction. 
And until you settle on grace, you'll never be settled in every area of your life. Think about it. Is there some part of your life that God's grace won't cover or won't provide for? You can answer that one if you want. <laughs> Scott gave the obvious answer. That's why they call them rhetorical questions, because they have an obvious answer without the answer being spoken. God's grace is sufficient. Your circumstances cannot bring you true joy, nor steal your joy. The Macedonians' joy was based on God's grace. Your bank account will never determine or detour your true generosity. Never. Not according to Scripture. The Macedonians gave of their own accord, not by coercion or compulsion. Their giving was not in response to but by request. Remember, they begged Paul to give. We want to give more. I've been in worship services where we didn't take an offering, and I never once heard somebody complain about it. I've heard people say, why didn't we sing more songs? Never once. They begged the Apostle Paul to share in the grace that God had given them. In fact, verse 4 in the New American Standard is translated, they begged for the favor of participation. That's that same Greek word as grace. Now let me give you my twist on it. They were begging for more of God's grace. Out of their deep affliction and their great poverty... We know what God's grace will do. We want more grace. There's no evidence they ever got out of their poverty or their affliction ever ended. But remember, what was God's answer to the Apostle Paul? Grace. Like grace is sufficient. Folks, this is a call back to grace. All due to God's grace. Now let me bring it home for us here at Murrieta Valley Church. If you're here today as a Macedonian giver, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness in God's grace. Thank you for your generosity. Because it supports ministries like the Feeding Those Who Feed Us. Ministries that lead to 1,400 plus professions of faith in Christ from people who you and I will probably never come across paths with. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you on behalf of your obedience to the word. Thank you on behalf of your support of the saints. Thank you. And I trust that a message like today has encouraged you in regards to not only an assurance of living in line with God's word, but that sense of peace in knowing that kind of life and having an attitude of generosity. If you're not here today, as this Macedonia example was presented by the Apostle Paul, 
and how God wanted the church both then and now to live according to grace. Remember, that was the basis. Paul said, Paul said, I write so that you may know the grace of God. Here's one of the greatest impacts of grace, repentance. Repentance. God, lead me in the way that I should go. Repent, trust God's grace, and begin anew or begin afresh. That's where it hits us at MVC. There really isn't much gray area. We're either living in obedience to God's word or we're not. And again, not by compulsion or by coercion. I want to share with you, like the Apostle Paul shared with the Corinthians, understand and know and grow in God's grace. That's the benefit we have of what God has done for us. Would you join me in a word of prayer?